Welcome to Armchair Preaching, a podcast of the First Presbyterian Church in Lakeland, Florida. This is a podcast about God's Word, the beauty of the gospel, and what it takes to communicate that truth to others. I'm your host, Pastor Zach McGowan, and on today's episode, Pastor John, Kenny, and I talk about how we handle pre-sermon interactions, the overall series on generosity, and our sermons focusing on the eternal impact of our giving. We hope you enjoy the conversation. All right, we are uh, back in our armchair preaching roots. So before John got here, this is where we would record every single armchair podcast, which is in my office. And uh, as is the case, as I've said this before, it happened over the summer. There are a lot of things happening around this office. So if people hear the sounds of an office, that's why we have been recording uh, in a more controlled environment uh, the last several podcasts um, with our wonderful tech director, Dave Bailey. Uh, but today we're back in the, the original kind of space. So glad to have John and Kenny back yeah, good uh, morning. in good our armchairs. I want to point out that I'm actually in an armchair today. You're in an actual armchair, yeah, like the, the actual definition. We have been yeah. in chairs with arms, yes. but there have been like office chairs. These are actual armchairs. Yeah. Um, before to this Sunday, uh, Kenny and I were preaching. Uh, Kenny was in the classic services. I was in the vine service. Uh, John was at a class reunion. Class Seals class reunion, which in, felt a whole lot like my class reunion. So mm-hmm. it's a lot of fun. We were yeah. away. Yeah, in Palatka. In Palatka, Florida. Yep. Yeah, yeah, which is uh, big town. Big big town here <laughs> in Florida. Uh, the known for the crab festival, amongst other things. Among other things. Yes. <laughs> yeah, but nice. we're so uh, Kenny and I were in uh, finishing up our series called Live Generously, um, kind of coinciding with our stewardship season. But as we're going to talk today, we have really been, as we've talked about, we've been really um, concerted in not just talking about money. Money is obviously a part of the generosity conversation, but generosity is much bigger than that. We're going to get in that today. But before we get to that, one of the things I, I wanted to talk to you guys about is thinking through all of the the, the pre-preaching uh, kind of things that happen that we have to deal with on the morning of preaching. You know, we we come in here, and if you are preaching in the classic service like Kenny, you were, you're here at eight, uh, before 8.15 in the morning, kind of getting your head right, praying through things. But then there's always the inevitable stuff that comes up. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I preach um, this Sunday at, cla- at the Vine service, but I'm in Agape class uh, teaching in a, bi- a Bible study right before that, and there are always little things that come up. So Let's talk through how you deal with those moments when there are just things that compete for our attention mm-hmm. other than the preaching word. <laughs> yeah, well, I think that, that you've set it up well to say that there's there are lots of priorities on a, on a Sunday morning as we come in. Um, obviously, we're all pastors at heart, and we love people. We love getting to be around the congregation, and being Sunday becomes the day that we are most available and accessible to people in the congregation, which is which is a real positive. Um, but we have a responsibility and, and our minds are and hearts are kind of really focused on the preaching moment um, and feeling like that's important. And so that always just creates a little bit of, of attention, I mm-hmm. think. And so I think part of it is it's just for me, it's just been learning how to trust that the preparation that I've done for the sermon is adequate 
and to not be stressing and thinking much about that so that I am available to people uh, who need me mm-hmm. in the hallways or right before the, the service if somebody comes up and needs to talk about something. Uh, but I always feel that tension. I'm sure you guys do too. Yeah, absolutely. Do, do, do you, um, do you um, find yourself distracted on Sunday mornings by, you know, the, the primary message is, the primary work mm-hmm. is the message for the day, mm-hmm. but then you're having these call with conversations or you're in the class mm-hmm. and something comes up, some need comes up. Does that, does that weigh upon you as you go into the preaching moment? Well, it depends on what it is. You know, if it's, you know, this is a, 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 a large facility, just about every room is being used. We have a lot of technical things that happen. Um, like I said, we have a great tech director, but if he is in, in a worship service or getting ready for a worship service, a lot of times I get tapped because of, of my my background and my expertise. And so sometimes those will get to me, those will distract me. If there's a particularly poignant um, pastoral thing, you know, Kenny, one of the things that you just said that I think is people really need to understand is when we come on Sunday mornings, we're still pastors. You know, we're not just you know, public speakers at that moment. And, and so people look at us like, Hey, I'm here for your need. And so if someone comes to me with a a deep felt need, I have to think through, okay, how do I focus on the primary task without forgetting the importance of the person that's there, you know? Mm -hmm. And, and so I've come up with little uh, ways to, to kind of not not redirect people but if if they need to be redirected to someone else then i try to redirect them to someone else who can help them in the immediate if they if if there's something that only i can help them with then i say hey i really really want to talk to you about this can you wait till after the service is over Mm -hmm. and and meet me in the office area and i will spend whatever time i need to spend with you that way they know i've heard them it's an important thing but um i can also say okay that Let's put that aside for a second, and and Holy Spirit, help me focus here, um, and then, then whatever they're dealing with, we can help them through. Yeah. W- what's been your experience, John, with that? So, so Sunday mornings are uh, are a time of really about if I if I had to guess a number, probably about a hundred thirty second to two minute encounters. Yeah, probably a hundred mm-hmm. of those. That'd, mm-hmm. that'd be right. You guys nodding yeah, your head. Yes, yeah, that's yeah. Yeah. Church so, of our size. Yeah, absolutely. So a hundred of those every, every so so a hundred of those every uh, Sunday morning, and in some and because we know we're focused on 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 the Word, what what we do is we what I do is I I said I I give myself to those thirty seconds or those or those two minutes, and I'm fully present with them. But then once I move on, I have to I have to let it go, and it's a lot like my my grandmother's house in Palatka, East mm-hmm. Palatka, actually. I was right on the river, and I would, and it was on this bend in the river, and I would see these logs float by. Mm. They would float by, and they float right out of in view and right out of view. Yeah. And almost like I, I, I enjoy it for that moment, have that moment together, but I know I've got something else to do, and just let it, let mm-hmm. it go, mm-hmm. knowing that I'll come back to it later on. And yeah. so, mm-hmm. so so I, what I can't do, and I think what what's what's difficult. To, um, for us to, if we were to do, would be to allow, get to the moment where the word is, is, is present and we are so overwhelmed by, yeah. or just so, so much thinking about that we're not focused on what, what we're mm-hmm. there to do. Yeah, and, and I, I think for, for me, and I, I don't know about Kenny, I'm, I'm an introvert. I know Kenny is an introvert mm-hmm. at heart. Yep. And so those 30 second interactions are far more taxing to me 
than the 25-minute sermon I'm about to preach. Even if I have to preach a 20, you know, two 25-minute sermons and a 45-minute Bible study, it's far more taxing to have those. Not in a taxing, like, I don't want to do that sort of way, but that's mm-hmm. the thing that's going to sap my energy. So for me personally, on a Sunday morning, I, maybe this is revealing too much, um, <laughs> but when I come in, I a lot of times I come in extra early if I can before anybody else is here and get in my office and shut the lights off <laughs> so that I can really focus on the, the prayer side of preparation and running through some of the things that maybe I'm having difficult with. And I intentionally plan my route <laughs> from my office to the Sunday school class to minimize the number of interactions I'm going to have at that moment. Not because I don't want to have them. I just don't want to have them at that moment because yeah. I will get super invested in those those individuals and it will it will it could really distract mm-hmm. me if I don't have that kind of if I have a hundred of them in a day the possibility is there but man it, it really will it'll affect me quite a well, bit. well and I think that I mean I just think that's good self-awareness mm-hmm. I mean it's just because ultimately it may sound like well you're just thinking about you but really you're 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 self-aware enough to know when am I most beneficial to people, to the people who need me, who that I care about and I love about? And I think you have to you have to just kind of know yourself well enough to know when when an interaction with you would be most beneficial to people. And and but you're all it, it's always a tension that you're that you're balancing, and yeah. that's just a, and and it's not just you know we've talked a lot about being emotionally available or uh, available to people who want to have com- deeper conversations. But then you also have the other thing we're always dealing with is just all the logistical and things that that change uh this past sunday uh you you noticed that um one of the ushers came up right as i was getting to preach in the 815 service an usher came up and said something to leah higginbotham who was assisting Mm -hmm. and uh i didn't hear the conversation they were having but it was happening three feet from me on the stage yeah on the on the chancel chancel floor and it turns out uh that the looping system had failed briefly it got reset immediately so that people could hear the sermon but um leah decided to go ahead and and the looping system is the hearing assist yeah the hearing assistant system um failed just temporarily and so leah ended up making an announcement right after the usher said something right before i preached so i didn't that was one of the things where i wasn't sure if she was going to be getting information and then giving it to me so that real time i was going to have to be figuring out what to do with because sometimes it's somebody's fainted uh, there's a medical situation Mm -hmm. there's some kind of crisis and then you're the person up front oftentimes and you've got to decide in the moment, how to best handle that. And well, it turns out this was something simple and it, yeah. it got handled. But yeah. but those are the other things that people maybe not realize that we, a lot of that's happening and nobody else knows it's happening and we've dealt with it in some way. Well, it, it was, it's interesting you mentioned that. And here at our church, uh, I and I've been here six years, I think there's been a, almost a dozen medical events mm-hmm. that have happened in, in on a Sunday morning. And at least three of those times, I've been right there or I've seen it happen. One of those times was on John's, uh, on your, your candidating Sunday. I'm sitting up there, you're preaching. I see the, we have on duty police officers and we have custodians and I can see in the narthex. Thankfully, I wasn't, thankfully I wasn't preaching that day. Obviously it was your candidate. So I'm glad you didn't notice, but I could see in the narthex two people all out sprinting through the narthex. And one of them is a police officer. 
So I immediately get up and walk out the back of the off the chancel. I'm sitting on the, the chancel listening to the message and I'm thinking whatever's going on could be really bad. Mm-hmm. But there have been moments where I've been preaching and I've seen things like that happen and I start to watch it's I think it's funny what you what your mind can can do. <laughs> you can think who's dealing with this as you're continuing to preach. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I had a I had a situation a few years ago where I'm preaching, and you're right. Is it, you're, 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 you got your presence, present front of mind is the sermon that you're preaching. Back of mind is room, room monitoring, noticing yeah. things here, noticing things there. And I noticed something that, that something had happened in the choir off to my right and behind me. Uh, that there's some stirring, and uh, and then I noticed that that I could hear that, and then I noticed something was happening in the crowd. They were looking. They were no. They weren't looking at me anymore. And yeah. so, in your mind, you're making all these decisions. Do, do I do I stop or do I move on? Mm-hmm. And so that that ended up being one where I just turned around and I, and I, lo- I assessed the situation and I just addressed it addressed mm-hmm. it publicly. And you, you, so, some of them are just you know I, I was telling you guys before we started that you know some of them are just room distractions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're especially all, if it's have a room. room. Especially if it's a room you're not used to. Yeah. <laughs> you no, know, or if it's or, a, like you mentioned, a kid doing something with a bulletin or with oh a, my gosh, yeah. you, you yeah. mentioned yeah. Yeah. The, the famous one from the past is the kid with the cargo pants um, with the Velcro, yeah, and he's he's seven feet from me, yeah. and I hear this, yeah, it's just and my brain's like. Concentrate, John. Yeah. Concentrate. You can't. You, this, you know, my brain was like. Just when you give, you give him the preacher eye, and if he doesn't pick up on it, you give his parents <laughs> the preacher eye. Because he's seven years old, the parents were in the back. And he was greatly entertained by. It. They told me afterwards yeah. that, that was uh, fantastic. Really you did a great job, Pastor. Concentration. Thank yeah. you for that challenge. We, yeah. we often, Thanks for nothing. We often need that. Um, yeah. Well, it, it is interesting, and and the thing that I I always have to go back, and we've we've mentioned this theme over and over and over again in this podcast, is that. No one in the universe cares more that the word gets preached than God Almighty, and and so whatever is taking place, uh, we have to trust it's in His providence, and and He's going to use whatever it is mm-hmm. to His ultimate glory. Um, in our humanity, we get frustrated when it doesn't go just right and just yeah. perfectly. So, um, it, you know, folks that don't realize uh, we don't, as Kenny was saying before we were talking about this, we don't just be necessarily self-serving, but um, I think sometimes people view us as just public speakers on a Sunday and the 250, 300 or 400 people, depending on the service, um, they don't realize that you haven't been waiting in a green room and then you just walk out. In some right. mega churches, that is how it is. I mean, the mm-hmm. pastor is cloistered off. Uh, they're, they're maybe off the stage, off the side. Um, and then they walk out and they preach. And then, But we are in a unique position because we are Mm-hmm. pastors to people and as pastors we're going to deal with uh the people that are there in front of us yeah. and, and not be entirely cloistered away and that, that's actually part of what i mean i'm the, i guess i'm the the resident e of the mm-hmm. ex- extrovert here on yeah. the myers brig here so that as the extrovert on the myers brig part of what for me adds to the moment yeah gives me sort of energy in the in the preaching moment was to know that i've just spent a few minutes connecting with people mm-hmm. Yeah. The very people that are that are that I get the opportunity to proclaim the word mm-hmm. of God to. Yeah. There's something inside of me that goes, man. This is I just there's a there's now a bond yeah. here. So yeah, awesome. Yeah, and everybody everybody has that that different kind of mentality about it. But there are uh, across the board, every preacher deals with um, mm-hmm. with those little things that that either in a positive way or 
you know, somewhat of a distracting way. So, uh, like this Sunday, we we were in um, the final series, the final sermon in our series, "Live Generously," and I've heard from folks. I actually just talking to someone yesterday that they they've been a longtime church member um, here and at other places, and they've really appreciated this approach. Um, so let's talk a little bit about overall the approach that we've taken with the series, um, and then we'll talk specifically about this Sunday. But the approach with the word generosity in it will automatically bring to mind money with people. We talked about this earlier in other podcasts, but our approach has been unique. And, and so how have you two felt about the overall approach to the series? I, I mean, I, I've liked that t- typically in a stewardship campaign or a time of year when people are talking about this, I, I think the um, I, I think the default is l- let's figure out how to preach a, a series of messages that gets people to give more to the church. And, uh, and I think there's a lot of people who either become numb to that because they hear it so much. There's some people who are very suspicious, um, if not cynical, about mm-hmm. the church. And so if they happen to, to come and you be, you're in that series, then they think, to them, oh, here we go again. The church is talking about money. Um, so I, I really liked that, that we said, um, let's, let's broaden it, because mm-hmm. really what we want is we want people to think about how to live their entire lives from a generous disposition. Mm-hmm. And uh, in every sermon that all of us have preached, we've talked about a lot of different examples, and many of them have, have not been related directly to church giving at all, uh, whether it was Salvation Army or you on the missions trip um, or neighbors helping each other. And I think that's helped people. I think it's helped people drop their defenses a little bit, like we're not coming after your money for the church, and and allowed them to really hear what God says about um the kind of uh, joy and adventure that's found in just living generously with all of life. So I, I've felt it's been a refreshing thing. I've not felt as a preacher like I'm having to kind of walk delicately because people are defensive. I think people have been glad and open mm-hmm. to the message because of the approach. So I know I said the, the, first, the first week I said that, um, that uh, this is not about money, and I think all of us have said that mm-hmm. in our messages at some point. Uh, so this is not about money, but let me be really clear. I think you should give money. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, 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 let's just cover that right up front. Mm-hmm. I think you should give money, and you should give a lot of money. You should give generously and extravagantly. And but but the why behind the, even the giving money portion of it is really what this series is all about. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the, the part of the motivation for me going into this was that, you know, as a pastor for I think I will be have been ordained twenty two years next month. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we get to see incredible acts of generosity that a lot of times no one ever sees. We see them. Mm-hmm. People going in the hospital, people doing these most humble, beautiful yeah. acts of care for, for other people. Uh, it's people taking care of people. We see all of these beautiful things, and that's coming out of a place where they're exactly what you just said, Kenny. The, the heart has really responded with with a desire to be to be generous. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, if we can start, if we can capture that and communicate that in a series, that that was on my mind on the front end. Yeah. And and now having gone through this series, I think we. I think we were able to, to, to speak into those places yeah. and speak it out that, that way without, as you said, they sort of let go of their wallet a little bit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, early on, like, your stewardship message, you always hold on to your wallet a little tight. Here it comes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But they let go of that pretty early, early on and said, okay, this really is about my heart and, and, and generosity of, mm-hmm. uh, of my heart. Yeah. yeah. It's a deeper, it was uh, framed we didn't shy away from the importance of giving to the church, I, you know, especially when we were talking about uh, the ministry side of it. Um, 
we believe that the best way to invest your money in in God's eternal kingdom is through investment in the church. But it's certainly not the only way, mm-hmm. and it's certainly that should be an outgrowth of what's deeper. And um, one of the things I think every single week, I think we've touched on that heart language or language surrounding that. Like this this past Sunday when I preached in Vine, the word that jumped out at me, we, we were in First Chronicles 29, and this is David putting aside financial resources for the building of a temple that he would not even get to see begun, much less accomplished, but it was his heart's desire to see this central place of worship for the people of God. And so he had begun planning it and begun uh, the fundraising campaign. But the word that got me was when when, when David began to uh, call the other leaders to join in this campaign, he started with who will consecrate themselves yeah, consecrated. that word consecrate was then he talks about who will you know he says who will offer freely and consecrate themselves that the two sides of this is a holistic your entire being is consecrated to the lord so you give you know mm-hmm. and i i just that really jumped out at me in a pretty big way and one of the things you said kenny that tied into this but i loved how you made it a lot more specific you use the reference about generosity of influence. Mm-hmm. And man, when mm-hmm. you tied that to David calling, I didn't pull that out at all in the message, but when I heard your message and you talked about the generosity of influence and how David, first of all, he consecrated himself, mm-hmm. he gave generously, then he called, he used not only that, but also his influence as this great king, um, the, 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 the establishment of the rich kingdom that they've had. Uh, he was able to to ask the people to consecrate through his influence and using that genera- generous influence in such a powerful way. I love mm-hmm. that way you you turned that this past Sunday. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Well, and you know what was really interesting, just in terms of where we went. You know, we we had all originally planned, mapped out the service um, that the the New Testament counterpiece uh, counterpart would be from the Second Corinthians nine mm-hmm. passage. Yeah. Which I had fully planned going in to, by, by Tuesday, Wednesday, went through worship planning. It's printed in the bulletins. That's what we're doing. <laughs> and by Thursday, I just had this sense that for, for the angle I was going after, I just felt like the, the Jesus feeding the 5,000 was a better passage. Mm-hmm. And then I found myself saying, well, the bulletins have already been printed. I guess you have to do that. And I thought, <laughs> well, you know what? I guess I need to listen to the Spirit uh, at this Amen. moment. And Amen just, and just and I just, so I, so I let Leah know, hey, there's going to be a change. I'm going to change to a, a different passage. Uh, but I think it's the same idea was there. It just felt yeah. like the feeding the five thousand for the angle I was going was a little bit of a sharper focus on that. Yeah, you know. But we both talked about the the, the just that ones and that ripple. You you kept using the word reverberations, which yeah. I thought was cool. You know, I used the domino effect, but yeah, we both great, were, were basically yeah. just going off of the same ideas that when you offer yourself in generosity, God, God does things you can't even imagine with yeah. it. People are impacted both in this lifetime and, and, and future generations. And I think that's just a neat, that's a neat motivation. It gets yeah. away from the guilt. It gets away from the I have to or I'm compelled to and just says, man, I get to. It'd be kind of fun mm-hmm. to see what God does with this. Yeah. Well, you know, both of you, I'm older than both of you guys, and, mm-hmm. uh, and I have two grandchildren now and <laughs> two more on the way with, our, with Madison's pregnant with twins. And and so listening to both of your messages, uh, you know, it, it hits me maybe in a way that uh, anybody who, who doesn't have, you know, have the grandkids at this, at, or at least at this stage in life, 
can can really sort of appreciate because I really am at a stage in my life where I'm I'm thinking about you know this is now grandchildren mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. great grandchildren for some people and then and then even beyond that 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 things that we do now will affect our great great grandchildren so mm-hmm. so your kids your kids are going mm-hmm. to have kids one day and you're yeah. going to be grandfathers yeah mm-hmm. and you know there's just the idea of this this the, it really does what we do right now affects you know, generations of people that mm-hmm. that for both of you guys, the domino effect, uh, just this extravagant. I love how you, you and Zach, you you were you were kind of making it concrete. Oh, I love that the uh, the, the generosity of, of David, the, the weight of the gold. Of dollars. Yeah, 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 that yeah. was that was oh, great. Yeah, I, yeah, I appreciate yeah. that research because that just, helped put it in. Yeah, perspective. and that was just the gold. He's as he said, but mm-hmm. but just the idea that all of all of that is is done, and and David would never see it. Never, yeah, and that you would never see it. And what we were doing, we will, we will, I will never see some of the some of the things I'm mm-hmm. working on right now that will affect yeah. uh, my my great grandchildren. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and that, that's that's inspiring to me. It's it's mm-hmm. motivating. To well, me. and that's yeah. the thing too. When I when I looked at the, when we look at the David passage, or even we look at the the the, the Corinthians passage, where you know Paul is uh, asking the church in Corinth and the church in in the Macedonian churches to give to the Jerusalem church. They they won't they they will hear maybe the stories, but they're not going to. Very few in that day are going to even travel that distance to Jerusalem mm-hmm. to see the impact of that. Yeah. And and you know, Kenny, you talked about your own ministry experience being a youth director. And I think if you've ever been a youth director, which I was a youth director for a while too, um, you start to see the kids that were you know sixth, seventh, eighth grade, and then they begin begin to have kids, and 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 they're instilling. Uh, the faith in in their children, and you start to think, well, I, I was a little part of that process. And and the fact of the matter is, um, we every single person is investing in some future that will have a legacy. It's just mm-hmm. what is that legacy going to look like, and is it is it an investment that really is going to have. Uh, an eternal impact for the kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. Everybody's going to invest yeah. in something that's going. I mean, uh, one of the we didn't talk about this, but one of the things I thought about in, before the message is that idea of, you know, the sins of the father visiting the children. We, you know, in the Old Testament law, he talks about how that the sins of the father visit to the you know third and fourth generation, and people rack their brains. What does that mean? You know, God's so unfair. I'm like, but no, no, no. You see that. You see how that happens, but then he goes on the other side, and he talks about how the faith will will reverberate through thousands yeah, of generations. Yeah, God's love will extend through thousands. Yeah. Yeah, and so both things are going to happen. One will have immediate will have impact over the course of three or four generations in a negative way. The other will have, you know, generational impact for all of eternity, mm-hmm. and it's just what we decide. We're going to be. Um, we're going to invest in something. Our time, mm-hmm. our resource, our energy, we're going to invest. It's just where is that impact ultimately? Mm-hmm. Is it going to yield the long-term yeah. benefits, you know? Well, and I, and I know, think one of the, and I didn't get to say, this is one of those, we didn't get, I didn't get to say this or I didn't choose to say this, but as we're thinking about it now, I think the, if you think about, well, what, what would you, how would you feel now if you realize that at some point somebody had offered you to buy a thousand shares of Apple stock for a nickel yeah. each, yeah. and you said, eh, I don't know, I think I'll pass, and then yeah. how would you feel now? Yeah. And how do we, I, th- I think that's 
so oftentimes I think that's what God's Word and so much of Jesus' teaching is wanting us to realize that anytime you pass on an opportunity to be generous, that's that's what you may end up feeling later. Like, man, I missed an incredible opportunity. Mm-hmm. That's crazy to see the compound effect of what God could have done with that simple act of kindness mm-hmm. or that word of affirmation to somebody. To think it's it's really that missed opportunity. It's not guilt or manipulation or fear that should motivate us. But, man, I don't want to miss that cool opportunity to really be part of what God's doing down the road. Yeah. And, uh, well, because God's going to accomplish what he's going to accomplish. And if, if, if we're not the ones that are involved in that somebody else will be yeah and we can see the the end result and say well we're not you know part of that and that uh that that kind of brings me to where we're going this next week it's kind of an interesting segue to next week we're back in the sermons from the saints mm-hmm. but we're dealing with rahab and rahab the the prostitute of jericho becoming uh one of the line of jesus christ and because in god's providence he he chose Rahab to be in that moment. She uh, she responds affirmatively to save the spies and becomes one of the people of God. Changes the whole course, not just of her history, but the history of her family, right. all the way up to it, where it impacts mm-hmm. us today. Human history, yeah. yeah where we, kind of crazy. He, he, she becomes one um, of the line of Jesus Christ and one of only you know three women mentioned in Jesus' uh, family tree. Um, so just those little things right mm-hmm. there. Um, yep. So that that is where we're going next week. We'll be in uh, back in our sermons from the saints and uh, exciting week on the twenty seventh in our classic service uh, at ten thirty. We'll be Kirkin of the Tartans. Uh, we'll have uh, the presentation of third grade Bibles. We'll recognize them in the ten thirty service classic and present the Bibles in in the uh, in the the Vine service, which again. That's another generational thing we just heard from our teacher, Kim Bowers, last night about the kids that she's invested in and seeing how they've grown. It's just, it's all, it all demonstrates what God's doing. And so it's going to be an exciting week. Yeah. If Then you, we get to, we get to play together. Afterwards. Yes. And then we have the fall festival right yeah. after, which is always a lot of fun. You see the kids, uh, you know, less godly uh, in, in the bounce houses. <laughs> so, uh, but it's going to be a fun week. And if you uh, have missed any one of our sermons, check us out on our YouTube page. Uh, so just search for FPC Lakeland. Wa- uh, watch on our, our website, fpclakeland.org, or on Facebook. And if you've missed any of our Armchair Preaching podcast, uh, check us out on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, or SoundCloud. And uh, subscribe, go back, listen to old episodes. I think you'll you get some insight into what we've been preaching on. So I appreciate you guys absolutely coming to the, uh, the office today. Yep, see you Sunday. Appreciate right. you. All right, thank you guys.